0: Good morning, SunWest. This morning, uh, we thought, hey, we had some summer, I forget what it is, summer interns, summer students, summer... Hires summer people that are he- that were helping us out throughout the summer. So we had uh, vol- well not, they- we had some summer students, some staffs um, that were helping out with youth. Uh, so I had Jess uh, helping him out with youth, um, running youth, learning a little bit more about like, what it looks like behind the scenes, helping out with games activities, uh, bringing the energy. Like I realized at 30, I don't have the same energy as I did at 21. So uh, bringing some hype and energy, which was awesome. We also had McKenna, uh, who is helping out with uh, kids. Uh, running day camps, uh, doing children's ministry, and a lot of the organization and all that kind of stuff, of what uh, means to run that in our day camps. It was just a great experience, and it was uh, great having uh, McKenna helping out with that, and we had Brynna, who is helping out with uh, admin stuff, because um, there's always a lot of like admin things to do, and we are way more organized now uh, with McKenna uh, than we were, or sorry, with Brynna, not McKenna. McKenna wasn't as organized as Brynna. Uh, but it was, a, it was just a blessing to have those three just working uh, here at the church, um, helping uh, make this community even just a better place. And during that, we spent time even just going through Bible studies and learning and teaching of, like, what does it actually mean behind, uh, like behind the scenes here of even just, like, growing our faith and serving within our church congregation. So uh, for part of that, we were thinking, hey, you know what? We've got an opening for uh, this morning for speakers, and we thought, how cool would it be uh, even just at the beginning of the, the summer, if we had those interns or the similar uh, students uh, share with us and be able to preach a little bit about what, what's going on, uh, some impactful verses and stuff that God has been teaching them. So uh, we think here at SunWest, right, it is, it's all our responsibility to make a difference, right? It's not just, oh, just the, the pastors or paid staff who are actually making an impact and a difference within our community. Uh, we heard even with small groups uh, that here that we actually believe that we're actually doing this together. Uh, to disciple other people. To see other people grow and flourish in the gifts uh, that God has given them. Um, and there's this one verse in the Bible that I was just thinking about when I thought about all oh, these uh, people like uh, Brenna, McKenna, uh, and Jess coming to share. And there's this passage uh, where Jesus, right, he comes on the scene and his ministry actually starts to grow. And it's flourishing. And the, the, here's this one passage where it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was baptizing and making more disciples than John. And then in brackets, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. It's a really impactful thing that, oh, Jesus is making more disciples than John. Or baptizing more people than John. But wait, it wasn't Jesus, but it was his disciples. Right? We try to actually follow the example set by Jesus. What does it look like to give people opportunity to, to succeed, opportunity for people to thrive for this discipleship? Right? Like this idea and this concept of this morning. Ah, yeah, we've got... uh, I heard that Matt gave a phenomenal message. But it wasn't Matt. Right? It was Jess, McKenna, and Brenna. So we're excited to uh, have this opportunity for discipleship. uh, To see people just grow in the gifts that God has given them. So, uh, I'm going to actually first... So we're going to have like three messages uh, from three people. So yeah, Jess, you can come on up. Uh, So Jess is going to be our first one. Let's encourage him. Let's give him a round of applause. Applause I'm just gonna pray for you, Jess, and then, uh, let me turn that on. Uh, And then, yeah, I'll let you go. So, God, thank you for Jess. Thank you for the ways that you've gifted her, um, even just in this, yeah, just this excitement and this boldness for you. Uh, God, as she shares, we pray for your spirit to fill her, to speak through her, and God, just give us ears to hear. Praise things in your name. Amen. Take it away. All right.
1: Hello, everyone. Oh, that's loud. Um, Yeah, my name's Jess, as it says on the screen in giant letters. Um, yeah, I actually just want to take this opportunity just to thank everyone at SunWest and all the staff especially. Um, yeah, it's just been great to be given this opportunity for so much growth. And I know on
2: behalf of Brenna and McKenna and myself, and empowers
1: um, young people. So, yeah. Thank you guys for just having us, Um, and it's really just been a blast um, this whole summer. So yeah, so something about me is I'm beginning my master's program, studying chaplaincy this fall semester, and if you do not know me, I can assure you I am not as smart or as put together as that all sounds. Um, Yeah, I would just like everyone to please look to the person to your left and to your right. Make sure there's no tomatoes. I had a dream last night that somebody threw a tomato at me. So I just want to make sure that I'm clear with that and nobody's going to throw anything at me. (laughs) Yeah, so my verse this morning is uh, Matthew 6.21. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to talk about what it means to me and hopefully spark some ideas about how it translates to all of your lives. Yeah, the verse up on the screen reads... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, the first thing that might come to mind when you read this is, what is our treasure, or how do we measure it? In the context of this chapter, Matthew is actually referring to our money. So where our money is, how we spend our money, is where our heart is. But I think the way that we choose to spend our time is equally as important. So where your time is, and is where your heart is. How are we spending our precious time? And as I was reading through some commentaries on this verse, this quote from Matt Woodley really stuck out to me, and I think they're going to put it up on the screen here, please now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he writes, There is room in our hearts for a multitude of loves. However, there is room for only one treasure. Because Jesus is for us, he wants us to have the right treasure, God and his kingdom. If anything usurps God's rightful place as our true treasure, we're in trouble. Eventually, we'll lose every lesser bony treasure. Now, Matthew 621, I actually remember hearing for the first time at the very first young adults gathering I went to at SunWest just last April. Um, It was a season of transition for me. I was making new lifelong friends here. I was coming to church again after a season of being relentlessly pursued by God, but deciding the way I was choosing to live my life was better. And to be completely transparent with you, I didn't used to think I really needed God all that much. Sure, I had, had believed in him, But giving my life to him or making him the treasure of my heart, that all seemed like a little much. And in my later teens as a university student, devoting my time and intentionally pursuing a a relationship with Jesus wasn't necessarily the coolest thing to do. And I'm thankful now that in my closest circle, it is actually a cool thing that is encouraged and celebrated. And no matter how many times I used to make the world my treasure, made relationships or friendships my treasure, or found my identity in the fleeting things of this world. Every time I used going out, partying to escape my sadness and my anxieties, I felt God pursuing me daily, saying, Are you sure this is what you want? Or, Why don't you try it my way? He wanted more for me. God desired my whole heart. He wanted to save me from the pain of living with a heart that was divided. He never once let me down, despite how many times I felt like I let him down. I never surprised Jesus, and you never surprised Jesus either. My biggest fear at that time and what I never wanted to become was one of those self-righteous Christians who seemed or pretended like they had it all together. And when I rededicated my life to Christ, I promised myself I never wanted to come across that way. So I'll be the first to admit I'm a mess, my life is chaotic, messy, and I am as undeserving of God's grace as we all are. I've messed up and fallen short plenty of times, even with Christ as my foundation. My heart has always been for those who feel as though they've gone too far for the gospel or too far for grace, because that's where I was, and some days I'm still there. But what God has done, what Jesus has done, is he has actually brought peace into my mess, brought stability into my chaos, given me grace after every mistake. What was unstable is now made stable through God actually being made center in my life. When I stopped treasuring my friends and what they thought of me, valued who he said I was instead of who other people thought I was. God brought me into this Christian community. And maybe for you, it's something else. In context, as I said earlier, the verse is actually talking about our money. But maybe your priorities aren't where God would intend. I challenge you to think about where your priorities lie. Work for most of us is obviously most time-consuming and most straining. But are we working as if God is our treasure, or as if work is our treasure, or as if money is our treasure? our hearts divided i'm not saying we need to spend all our time doing devos or reading our bibles that's not practical nor realistic and for me i know it's a constant battle my phone my social media different friendship circles just the mundane busyness of life all these things are constantly ac- are constantly at me seeking my attention demanding my time desiring to be made treasure of my heart and it's not that some of those things can't be good things But when God isn't made priority, all of those things easily become toxic or overwhelming. But when I am consistently seeking the Lord, praying, reading my Bible before I go to sleep, and being intentional with my friendships, my family, life just feels easier. It feels stable, like everything is in its rightful place. Which brings me to later on in that chapter, in verse 33, he writes, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. I think God is saying to us that when we align our priorities with his priorities, make him our treasure, the number one most important thing of our life, everything else sort of falls into place. When our treasures are in the right place, serving God and serving his kingdom, our actions and obedience will actually follow. And I can speak from experience, finding joy in obedience. Um, Every area of our life becomes more life-giving, becomes more fruitful. I would actually just like to close our short, my short time with you in prayer. Um, so yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my time being able to speak here. Um, yeah, I thank you that you relentlessly pursue each of us, God. No matter how far we feel, we may have strayed from you. I thank you that your plans for our lives are better than anything we could think of ourselves. God, I pray for freedom— Uh, In this room, Lord, I pray for strongholds to break in your name. I pray that your words through me this morning would resonate in those listening. And I pray that that would actually call us to action in aligning our priorities and our treasures with you. And I pray that we won't live with hearts that are divided. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you so much, Jess. That was fantastic. Um, Yeah, that was really, really good. And even just this thing that stands out is this idea and this concept of what does it look like for us to live with undivided hearts? Like, what does it look like for us to actually treasure God uh, because he actually treasures us? What does it look like to live in, in return? That's fantastic. Thanks, Jess. I'm going to invite up McKenna, uh, and she is going to do part two, I guess, of our three. So let's, uh, let's welcome McKenna, and I'm just going to pray for her quickly. Yeah, God, we want to thank you for McKenna. Thank you for, yeah, just the ways that you have gifted her with this fun uh, spirit uh, to make other people feel included and welcomed, and God, just thank you for the words that she has this morning, again, just be with us as we hear, uh, and Lord, just give us years to hear, and we just pray for your spirit to fill her, to speak through her, amen.
3: So, as many as of you, you know, one of the reasons I'm up here is that I was a summer intern here at the church, underside Kendall in our children's ministry. I got to experience a different view of what goes on in this church and what happens beyond these Sunday mornings. One of the main ones being our summer day camps. Now, I've been a part of the day camps here at SunWest for about five years now as a leader. But this time, I was able to see and experience all the work that goes into running just two weeks of camp. Now you think, oh, just two weeks. That should be easy to prepare for, right? Yeah, no. There's the content, the decorations, the leaders, as many of you know, as we've struggled to get some leaders. (laughs) The children and everything in between like our Bible buddies, which I think the kids can agree is one of their many favorite parts about day camps. No matter what the theme is, there will always be a character of the day that has a linked Bible point and Bible verse. Each day during large group, students would learn about the character of the day and receive a Bible buddy, which is a little tag on a keychain that has the character and verse on it. By the end of the day, the kids would practice their verse and try to say it for a Timbit every day, which I mean, who doesn't love Timbits? Memorize a Bible verse and get a Timbit, or maybe two. Sounds pretty good to me. But how long is that verse going to really stick in my mind for? As long as a box of Timbits lasts in a group of people, or as long as a plate of Brussels sprouts lasts in a group of people? So we're going to test this out. We're going to put a Bible verse up on the screen for 20 seconds, and you're all going to get a chance to read it. Memorize it, and then we'll see who will get a chance to receive an award for completing this verse of the day. So if we can get the verse up on the screen. I'll time you guys. Yeah, the next one. Sorry, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, we can take it away. Does anyone think that they'd be able to present that verse to us? Hudson, would you like to come up and give it a try? Does it count if I use my phone? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I know the first part. Watch out! Don't do your good
0: deeds publicly to be admired by others. Don't, and then something about don't do as the hypocrites do, good charity, (laughs) blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets. (laughs) Thank you. I got more, I got more. Calling to their acts of charity. Yeah, okay. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, for they will lose their, re- lose their reward. Yeah, clearly. In heaven. And, oh, Matthew 6, 1? Let's go! Thank you,
3: Thank you Hudson. <laughs> In hindsight, it's a great way to get kids, or even adults to memorize their Bible verses and learn more about the Bible. But it's hard to know what the real motive is behind us in actually learning the verses. Are we learning so that we can deepen our knowledge of the Bible and His good works? Or are we just memorizing to receive the reward and then forget the verse ever existed? I believe it would be different for everyone and how we would seek His glory in what we do. But we need to be careful to know what our pure motives are because we are God's hands at work to do good. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it tells us that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. But rewind back to Matthew 6-1, the verse that Hudson just presented us. It tells us to be careful when we do those good things. He tells us, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly, to be admired by others. Does that mean we can never do anything in front of others? No. He wants us to do good deeds for people and in front of others, but we need to know why we are doing the said good deed. If you are doing it purely to receive recognition from those around us, then we are simply reforming this good deed for others and we will lose that reward from our Father in heaven. But if we are simply doing this deed out of the goodness of our hearts to serve our Lord with no hidden intention behind it, we will be able to receive and recognize this reward. Later on, after this verse, Jesus talks about how when you give to the someone in need, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Which in context, he wants to understand that when you choose to do something good, do it out of heart and love for God. But when you try to figure out a different outcome for the situation and sit on it more, your left hand will begin to understand your pure motive of your right hand. Now his message is not saying what we do is unimportant or unworthy, but that the improper motives would otherwise turn our good deeds into selfish deeds. We could be doing any good deed for the Lord, but as soon as that turns into how you want to be perceived to others around you, or how you want others to look at you for what you are doing, instead of just simply serving for the Lord for only his eyes, we then lose those rewards. Because we are then serving spiritual pride instead of serving God with our pure heart and devotion. Jesus never said that we would become children of God by exhibiting righteous behavior, but rather we will show how we are his children by performing godly behavior in the right way. And this goes right into how we live our lives for him. We do not just get to experience heaven by simply believing that he exists, but rather on how we live our life for him and by him. And I feel like I went through this exact testament back in high school. Thought I was doing everything right. Showed up to church on Sundays and youth on Wednesdays. I was good made sure I popped into youth for a little bit on some nights so people wouldn't know that I was there, made sure that I presented the fact that I was a good person, showing up to what I was supposed to be at and letting everyone know that I was that person that showed up every week, no matter what. But I never felt full. And after a while, I began to realize I kept on presenting my faith and good deeds to show off to other people, to show off that I was experiencing God every Wednesday and Sunday, but I was never presenting my good deeds for the Lord or practicing my faith in private, or just myself and God. Then something clicked one day, and I realized what was happening. So I began spending time alone with him and practicing righteous deeds that were only for God. And I began to feel full or complete, like I was rewarded in a way, which was like spending time in devotion with him every night or morning, and actually going towards him when times were tough. And that's what I think God is talking about when he talks about being rewarded for good deeds done for him. The reward is being filled with the love of God by doing righteous deeds for him. When we choose to serve him over the roars of praise, From those here on earth we'll be able to gain from those rewards for a lifetime both here and in heaven over just here on earth there are two options when with how you choose to live your life here on earth you can call your own shots and do what you want with this life to receive earthly wealth from others that will stay on earth when you leave but receive the status of the richest person in calgary or the most successful person in canada which could impress a lot of people here on earth how much will that earthly wealth and impression carry on into heaven or you could go with God's perfect will that he has for your life, accomplish the missions and goals that he will want you to accomplish for him in this life, and receive the reward above all that will last forever and continue on into heaven, where you will have the never-ending heavenly wealth of knowing that you are a child of God, knowing how deeply loved you are by him, how uniquely created we were all made out to be, and how he is a constant in our lives that will never leave no matter what. Which reminds me of a song that I heard for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I've had on repeat ever since by Elevation Worship and Maverick City calling, talking to, called Talking to Jesus. I could speak on every word and every line in the song, but here are a couple verses that I feel resonate with what we are learning here today. At the beginning of the song, he starts talking about his grandma and how she would pray out loud every night and how it sounded like mumbling. But she would tell her grandson, the singer, that this kind of praying is what saved my life. And he would later say, I know she was right. She was talking to Jesus. She'd been talking to Jesus for all her life. He then goes on to say, Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, khaki pants and a polo shirt. Boy, I put up a fight. She said, Son, one day you'll thank me for having gotten in your life. And yeah, I know she was right. Again, this whole song has amazing lines that I could talk about forever, but I think I'll just stick with these verses left in your mind and let you all listen to this song later today. Along with listening to this song, I want you all to think about this question. Do you want to be the kid who practices their battle verse just for the timbit to flaunt that you got that timbit? Or do you want to be the kid who practices their Bible verse to learn more about the Bible and our Father to deepen your relationship with Him? And that is
2: all.
0: Sweet. Thank you very much, McKenna. Uh, Even just that concept and that idea of, like, the things that we do. What does it look like for all things that we do to actually have God as our priority? Right? Not to gain favor by men or things in this world, but actually just to gain favor... Uh, with God, even to recognize, and, and McKenna and I, as we were prepping, we even chatted about that. That yeah, it's not that these things that we do right makes us love, makes God love us more, but we realize uh, when we do those things, we can actually set our eyes on God and actually recognize God's love in our lives more. Uh, so thanks, McKenna, Brenna. Uh, yeah, Brenna's going to share next. So let's uh, yeah, let's cheer Brenna on as she comes up, and uh, just let me pray really quickly for Brenna. God, thank you so much for Brenna. Thank you for her uh, years uh, of just serving faithfully to you. Thank you for the ways that you have gifted her, Um, even just in some of the admin stuff, behind the scenes uh, that people don't always see. Um, But God, obviously, yeah, you do, and to see the impact that she's made uh, in her lives, the lives of others, and the community around her. And God, as she shares, I just give her peace, give her wisdom, let your Holy Spirit flow through her. And God, again, just give us years to hear. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks, Colton. Hello? Okay, that was really loud. Hi, guys. (laughs) Um, So as Colton said, I was the admin one, so I'm sure you can all tell I'm super excited to be up here in front of everyone. Um, Yeah, we're just gonna jump into it. I missed the memo on Matthew six, so we're going to Hebrews four instead. Um, And my verse here is verse 16. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. and this is a verse that I find myself coming back to a lot, because it's honestly just such a remarkable visual. Like, to come boldly to the throne of God. Um, and this is the God that we were singing about, right? Like, mighty and powerful, and just the throne above every throne, and the God above every God, and king above every kings. Um, And the fact that it says, not only when we're at our best, but also in the moments where we're most in need of the mercy and the grace of God. Um, so yeah, it just got me thinking like, what does it take for us to be able to actually come and approach the throne of God with boldness? Um, and I think for myself, just reflecting on this verse, I think it actually kind of points us to that. Um, like, in the first half there, it's talking about the throne of our gracious God. Um, and thrones, as everyone knows, if you've seen any Disney movies, it's symbolic of power and status and authority. And I've never gone to a throne, but I can imagine it'd be intimidating if you don't know who's sitting on the throne. Um, And that's where I think it's cool that the author of Hebrews reminds us that he's gracious Um, because God's unchanging. And if we know that he's gracious, then that makes it a whole lot easier to come to him when we're in need. (laughs) Um, Elsewhere in that chapter, it talks about Jesus as the sympathetic high priest and just talking about how he's faced temptation, how he's walked the earth as we've walked. And so when we come to him, we're not coming to someone who can't empathize with where we are, but we're actually coming to someone who's been there. Um, N.T. Wright puts it this way. He says, We may and we must come boldly and confidently. This is an arrogance. Indeed, if we understand who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's still doing on our behalf, the real arrogance would be to refuse to accept his offer of standing before the Father on our behalf, to imagine we had to bypass him and to try to do it all by ourselves. Um, and kind of jumping and tying into that, I think, in the second half of the verse it's also important that we know and we understand the promises of God. It says we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it. Um, and I think the value in a promise is when it's kept, which is a cool thing about God. His promises are guaranteed. Um, and I think with that, when we know his promises, because they're guaranteed, we know what we're going to get when we come to him. So, yeah, I was just thinking about like an example of that and in my own life. Um, and if any of you guys have been kids before, I don't know, I was a kid, um, kids break things sometimes, so I remember as a kid, like, sometimes it just happens when you break a bowl or you break a plate or something, and there's just, like, a little bit of fear in having to go to your parents and tell them that, um, their favorite china glass is now shattered on the ground, but every time without fail, my parents would say the same thing, say, oh, it's just a glass, oh, it's just a bowl, let me come help you clean it up, um, In a similar way to that, I think we always know what we're going to get when we get to Jesus. So as time went on and I got older, I had broken many things. And after that, I knew what I was going to get when I went to my parents. So there wasn't a fear in telling them or in going to them when I needed help. And I think, yeah, it's the same with God. And more than just these two promises, I think there's tons sprinkled throughout our scriptures for us. Um, And I think we can ask God for them too, that yeah, you can ask him what his promises are to you and ask him to show you where he's faithful in your life. Um, Because, yeah, his promises are for everyone and they're not just reserved for those who have it together. Um, Something I've found with his promises in my life is it's just super important to remember them and reflect on his faithfulness. Um, I'm a big journaler. It wasn't always my thing. It's definitely an acquired habit, but I find that I'm really forgetful. Um, Maybe your memory is better than mine. But my journal doesn't forget. And if you don't have a journal, you have a notes app on your phone. Some of you know about that. um, But yeah, God's promises don't always happen right away. So having something to look back on that's tangible um, is a cool way to see his faithfulness in our lives. (laughs) Um, Kind of a third point that I wanted to talk about um, on just coming boldly to the throne of God is understanding our relationship with him as well. If you're like me and you've been around the church for a while, Um, Just the absolute absurdity of this verse and being able to come to the throne can kind of get lost on us Um, And it just doesn't always sink in immediately at least for me Um, But when you stop and think about it to actually come and enter into the presence of the king of kings and the holiest um, One to ever exist who's outside of time who created everything like it's kind of crazy that we would do that at anything But our best but I think the beauty of the gospel is that even though we're not worthy to come before him at our very best, he invites us before him when we're at our worst. Um, and we can accept that invitation without being intimidated because we know his promises. We know his character that's promised. Um, and we know when we read through our scriptures that the God who's sitting on the throne, he's the same one who is hanging on the cross saying, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He's the same one who is saying, let the kids come to me. Um, There's a visual that kind of always comes to my mind when I read this verse, Um, and it comes from a quote by Timothy Keller that I heard years ago, Um, and I wanted to share it with you guys. He says, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. And I'll say that again. The only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. So what does it look like for us, church, to come boldly, to come as a child, to come as we are before God? Um, What does it look like for our instinct to be coming to him at 3 a.m. when we need something, when we've broken a glass, when we've messed up, when we need help, and at the times when we're most in need of God's mercy? Um, I had an experience, like, earlier this summer where I was at a service kind of like this one, and there were prayer teams up at the front like we usually have uh, here as well. And I was just like sitting in the crowd during worship, and I was like, man, I usually love going up for prayer, but I just don't want to go up for prayer today, Um, because I was just feeling weak, and I was feeling tired of my faith, and I hadn't been spending as much time in my Bible as I should, and I hadn't been tuning into um, what God might be saying to me. And as I sat there, I kind of realized that if I didn't want prayer, it was probably a sign that I needed it more than usual, Um, but looking, it was like... It was people like our Cindy Spears and our Ella Sitzlers and our Lance Burks who are always up here. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to be called out. Like, I don't want, like, they're such good Christians. That's scary. But um, when I went up there and I did get prayer because I got over myself, I realized what I always should have known. And that's that God is a God of grace, that God is always here to encourage us. Um, and he's not a God of condemnation or of shame. So my encouragement in that would be, um, even if you don't feel like you can come boldly to the throne of the gracious God alone, let's do it together. Um, we have prayer teams who are up here at the end of the service. You have people in your groups, in your community, or that you came with. Um, Yeah, we're here in community for a reason. So So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. We'll receive his mercy there, and we'll find grace to help us in times of need. Uh, Let's pray. lord i just thank you for today i thank you for just the gift of coming and gathering together in your presence lord i pray that your spirit would just speak um, through the words of me and justin mckenna through the worship here today um, through the volunteers the pastors and everyone here lord i thank you for how your power dwells in us as we sang today and i pray that you would just yeah be with us and speak to us as we go through our weeks in your name
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks again, Brandon. Let's give the uh, summer staff another round of applause for their boldness, and they did an excellent job. Uh, It was just fantastic. Uh, That picture, uh, that image of breaking something and going to your parents in that little bit of fear. I've been there way too many times. (laughs) I still go there with my wife sometimes. I break something, I try to hide it. Uh, But that image of just that safety, I can actually go to God at my worst, when I've actually broken something. That I can go and I don't actually have to have that fear of punishment, but actually have that fear, or that I can actually have that uh, certitude of forgiveness, right? To actually feel safe. And I know that we don't always feel that way. I think quite often we can feel that way towards God, where maybe we've fallen short, or maybe we've done something we don't actually want to go to God to, because we're we're scared. But as Brenna was sharing, even just about this gracious God, right? that we worship a God who is gracious. Right? We worship a God who is worthy of actually being our treasure because he treasures us. Right? We worship a God who is rewarding us. Right? Like there's these rewards that happen when we actually recognize and we see the way that God loves us the whole time. And we should. We should be able to go to God with safety and find love and find open arms. Um, so let's just pray. Yeah, God, thank you for those messages this morning. Thank you for the ways that it actually just can impact our lives and actually make a difference. That you don't change, but it actually changes the way that we see you. When our heart isn't divided, when our motives are pure, that it can actually allow us to see that you are gracious, that you are kind, that you are forgiven, that we can go to you and all different uh, things in life are good and are bad. And even in those moments when we don't feel like we can do it alone, that we actually have others. In community, so God help us, uh, yeah, just to find Your gracious love for us, um, even just here together in community. We just praise Your name, Amen. Wow, wasn't wasn't that an awesome morning? Oh, it's so good to hear them just share what God's been putting on their hearts, to see the confidence, to see God just working uh, in them and through uh, our students. It's great to have uh, Matt back. Uh, So I'm going to actually be leaving for a long time. Uh, Matt, it's all on you. No, I'm just, uh, it's good, just good to be able to gather together, right? To see this opportunity in this place for people to use uh, their gifts that God has given them. And even just reminded of that passage and that idea of, oh, Jesus was baptizing all these people but oh, actually it wasn't jesus right it was his, his disciples right and when people say oh here's the impact and the things that are uh, being made here at sun west right it's all of us collectively as a group and if you're looking in ways of like what does this look like for me to, to get involved and engaged and uh, use these gifts that god has given me uh, one of the first uh, places to start that's really good is ascent um, to come to Ascent Weekend. What does it look like for us just to grow together as volunteers to realize, oh, there's actually ways for me to use my giftings, to get involved, to get plugged in here, to actually make an impact and a difference here at SunWest as a, as a group, as a congregation, as a community. Uh, so I just want to encourage you to that. And also, uh, we do have prayer teams. I think Brenna had a great reminder for us of the times when we feel like we don't need it <laughs> or don't want to go are probably the times that we maybe need it the most. Uh, or maybe there's just other things. Maybe there's praise. Sometimes we feel like we just got to go to prayer teams just when things are going poorly. What does it look like to go to praise and actually praise God together in community? Uh, so I just want to encourage you, after the song ends, we do have prayer teams. Uh, that'll be at the front. Uh, let's pray together. Not alone. Let's do life together. Not uh, Not alone. And lastly, um, because we do have a scent weekend coming up on uh, next weekend, that we do need to remove chairs yet again. I know it feels like we've done lots with day camps, but if you're able to uh, stick around to help to put away chairs, we just stack them uh, eight high, and that just helps us out through the week. Um, But blessings, uh, thanks again for our summer staff and their amazing job that they did this morning. Uh, But blessings, have a great week.